You're listening to Story Trails The Interviews, a micro-series that precedes the complete Story Trails series launch by Becky Stirrup. I'm Hata, and I run the Tea Time Cafe, of course. Oh, surely you don't need me to tell you that. You're here often enough. <laughs> Do excuse me. Must take an order from everyone's favourite battle elf. Don't want to make her miffed. <laughs> oh dear, no. Coming, Alfred, dear. Get the scones out here now. Give her the jam first. Remember when she got cream before jam? Barely oh, had any china left by the end of that escapade. <laughs> it's all gary here. One time, the scones were dry. Had to rebuild the whole place after Alfred had finished with the chef. Where's that tea? It's coming, Helfredia. Do try to exert a little patience. Now, what was it you wanted? Oh, yes. Humans, the guide's application. Lots of my customers are talking about it, of course. They all have their opinions. Uh, What do I think? Well, I did know Alice rather well, and... She was quite good fun once she stopped being so serious. (laughs) It could be rather lovely. Certainly boost business. (laughs) I wonder what humans use for currency these days. Perhaps currents. (laughs) Wouldn't that be delightful? The current currency is currents. Drink your tea, dear one. It's right there. You just have to imagine it. More tea! And I must get back to work. Ta-ta for now. You've been listening to Story Trails The Interviews, a podcast for grown-ups and children to enjoy together. This micro-series has been developed specifically to provide families with something fun to do during these tricky times. Each episode introduces a character from the Enchanted Realm, gives you a creative mission that, should you choose to accept, may result in your wonderful creations being displayed on the Storytrails website, and includes a chapter from the latest draft of my book, The Knotbird. Keep listening for this week's creative mission and the chapter from The Knotbird. This week's creative mission is to design a new hat for Hatter. Take pictures of your creations and send them to info at storytrails.co.uk or tweet to at storytrails.uk. Remember to keep checking the website to see your work displayed at www.storytrails.co.uk and keep listening for this week's chapter from The Knotbird. The Knotbird is intended for children from the ages of 8 to 10, but some younger and some older children may enjoy it. The story includes themes of family, separation, friendship and identity. Towards the end of the book, it also includes some violence and death. I hope you enjoy the following chapter. The Knotbird, Chapter 8 The first night was the worst. 
Flodder had thought that he understood what it was to be alone. He had never been able to fit in with the birds. No matter how hard he tried, he was not one of them. The only thing that had made it bearable was Teru and his brothers and sisters. He missed them so much. That night he even missed Barrow. The day dawned and Flodder slowly opened an eye. It was beautiful, full of the sun and the sky. Then he remembered and curled into a ball. He rocked himself the way Cheru would have and fell into a restless sleep. He had lost something, something important. He searched everywhere, rushing back and forth and asking everyone where it was. Finally, he saw Murchan and rushed to him, but the great leader just looked through him as if he weren't there at all. Blodger turned away and all the birds were looking through him as if he didn't exist. There, in the distance, he saw Cheru and he shot off to her. She was so far ahead of him, so far away, and he flew as fast as he could until everything blurred. His only focus was Teru, and suddenly he was there, and he could hear her crying. My son, my poor Flodder is dead, she said. He threw himself to her. No, I'm here, I'm alive, see? But she did not see him. She couldn't see him. Flodder jolted awake. I'm alive! He squinted in the noonday sun, and his stomach rumbled. Flodder stood up and shook the dirt from his body. He stared at the sun in the clear blue sky. He would have wept, but his tears had dried away. He closed his eyes and a pattern of light danced inside his lids. When he opened them again, everything seemed clear. He flexed his wings and left behind a whisper. I am alive. The small green creature flew to his favourite berry tree. There was no danger of meeting any birds. It was his favourite tree because it was so far from the colony. He used to love the solitude, but now that was all he had left. He shook himself from his reverie. This won't do, he said. I need to eat. Flodder had lost his appetite, but he forced some of the sweet red fruits into his mouth and chewed. Afterwards, he went to a small stream to wash. They always got berry juice all over. When he was younger, Barreau had called him a messy eater. Ever since then, Flodder had immediately bathed after eating. He finished washing and caught sight of himself in the water. Flodder examined his reflection. The face was too long, the mouth too big, with rows of tiny teeth. He was embarrassed by the lack of feathers and his wings were like a bat. He kicked the water and scattered his image. He was ugly. He was not a bird. And then a thought struck him. If he was not a bird, what was he? The beginning of an idea stirred about his head. Flodder flew to the edge of the wood. He stared at the place he had killed the falcon. He knew that he had killed it. He couldn't remember exactly, but he knew. Some singed twigs on lower branches and a ring of ash remained. He tried to remember what had happened. There had been a ringing in his ears and something had poured from him. That was all. Flodder thought about that day. If he had not tried to save Barreau, Flodder would be home now. He shook the thought away. He'd do the same again. Then he heard a light flapping and was surprised to see Barreau. Barreau had been flying aimlessly, his mind turning over and over. Wherever he went, Chiru's words followed him. You should never have let me see how cruel you really are. He was not cruel. He hadn't left Flodder to die. But the knotbird had been banished, and Chiru seemed so broken. Even Murchan had not left his perch since condemning the creature. And then Barreau saw where his wings had taken him, the charred circle, the strange silence, and there, Flodder! It was too late to turn back. 
The creature had seen him, and if Barreau turned away now, he would be admitting that Flodder was there. It was bad luck to see the banished. Barreau landed by the green knotbird. Flodder knew that Barreau had seen him. Barreau pecked about in the dirt, pretending to look for grubs, and Flodder could see that he would take off soon. The green knotbird opened his mouth and, as if he were talking to himself, said, I'm leaving. I'm going to leave the wood and try to find others that are like me. If only someone could tell my mother how much I love her and how much I miss her and that I do not blame her. I will be okay. I just wish someone could tell her. Flodder watched Perot out of the corner of his eye. The bird had tensed while Flodder spoke and just before he took off, Perot dipped his head. Flodder half smiled. At least his mother would know. He stared at the land beyond the wood. Barreau returned to the colony at dusk. He fed his children, but when it came time for him to leave, he approached the nest. A handful of female birds were with Chiru, offering her their silent support. As Barreau approached, they went to leave. Don't go, said Chiru. It was the first thing she had said. Barreau wished they would leave. It would be harder to tell Chiru about Flodder with them there. Chiru, please, may we talk in private? No, I do not think so. I have something to tell you. It's important, said Barreau. We have nothing to say to one another, said Chiru. It's not what you think. Please leave, Barreau. It's about Flodder. The female bird shared a glance and shifted about. Chiru looked into Barreau's eyes. Her own were furious, and when she spoke, he flinched from the anger in her words. Do not ever say that name, Barreau. Chiru, I ever. You have no right. Chiru, listen. No. You listen to me, Barreau. You have told me all the things that I have done to disappoint you, all the things that Flodder has ever done to convince you he was not a bird. Of course he was no bird, but he was my son. He could have been yours too. Barreau hung his head. I only ever meant to love you, Chiru. Leave me alone, but I don't want you to bother me again. Do you understand? Barreau looked into her eyes and his own hardened. Yes, he said. I understand. Barreau left Chiru alone, and he took what he knew of Flodder with him. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Story Trails, the interviews, created and acted by Becky Stirrup. The wonderful music was provided by the very talented King Rich, and for a full list of sound effects and credits, please see the show notes. Thank you for coming on this journey with me. Remember, words are magic, and that's why putting letters in order is called spelling. <laughs>